0: 18 plus. I can't believe we're going to do a whole podcast about this. Oh, no. <laughs> Hello everyone and welcome to Batflips and Nerds, the baseball podcast with a British twist and I am your host and I am back. It's John McGee. Uh, I have left you in the capable hands of my good friends and colleagues this evening for the last few weeks. Uh, I'm, of course, not first amongst equals, but this evening, it's going to sound like I am. Uh, joining me on whatever the hell is going to come out of my mouth for the next hour and a half, uh, we've got a uh, fellow ranter and uh, wizard, uh, evil wizard scarer, Tom Pringle. How are you, mate?
2: I'd like to explain what the evil wizard bit is, if you don't mind, because people are just going to say. Please go confused. ahead. I
0: think it will. Uh, it will set good context for the
2: content that's going to follow. <laughs> um, I'm I'm home alone tonight, apart from the two children. So not turning home alone, but I'm looking after them. And my eldest has had a dream last night that her teacher at nursery turned into an evil wizard and was casting spells on cats, and she didn't like it. So. Tonight, when I put her to bed, she just like crying like mad and saying, "The evil wizard's coming back to get me. I don't like it." And I was like, "Oh brilliant. this is great before we try and talk about possibly the greatest upset that's happening in baseball right now.
0: Yeah, um, The evil wizard, for those of you in orange persuasion, uh, we're going to call him Joe West for the rest of, uh, the next hour <laughs> uh, uh, bringing a semblance of uh, of, of common sense rational thought and uh, you know groundedness to this weird and wonderful world. It's, uh, it's North Wales' answer to, well,
1: pick your baseball analyst. It's him. It's Darius Austin. How are you, Darius? I'm doing well. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to live up to the billing of bringing a semblance of common sense to this podcast, especially now that we've already started on the Evil Wizards, but I'll give it a go.
0: Well, let's see. Let's see. Uh, I'd set the bar pretty high. Let's see where we go from there. I, I haven't I haven't prepared for this because I thought, you know, I think there's going to be plenty to talk about. And it feels like after that, I've was, i been in San Francisco. You know, I sent you guys a picture of me and Willie May saying the two legends, here they are. You know, that seems like whew, about six months ago. It was about a week and a half ago. Um, but, you know, a, a lot of water has gone under the bridge since then. Um, and let's let's start with the water that went under the bridge last night. Where do we want to start? Do we want to start with Craig Council's galaxy brain or, or or do we tackle the
1: elephant sized umpire in the room? Uh. Can you hold the rant that's just building inside you back for long enough, John? (sighs) Good question. (laughs) I really don't know. Come on,
0: let's do it. Go. Oh dear. I've, I've calmed down actually. If, it's a good job we weren't recording this at about half past nine this morning, um, because I think the the, the absolute fury uh, has has kind of boiled for me. I will tell you what, it's been it's been a funny old day because I have to get up really early for for work now. I have to set off uh, super early. I, I've I've joined uh, joined Darius Land. You know that is you know, getting up super early, and uh, they're very often being baseball on. And so this morning, I switched my phone on. I had a notification on my phone that said it was eight six to the Red Sox, and I was like, oh, good, they won. Um uh, and it was only about ten minutes later when I was halfway through a bowl of cereal that I realised it was it was still happening. <laughs> so uh, that was a good start to the day. And I took the what, what turned out to be a a good decision to watch uh, to not watch um, the end of the game because I would have missed my train to work, uh, not just because of that, but also because I didn't really want to watch whatever was going on with Craig Kimbrell. Um and we'll come on to that in a, in a in a few minutes time. But you know, it was so it was only when I was firmly ensconced on uh, one of Manchester's fine yellow Metrolink trams that I caught up with what had happened with with Joe West and with uh, Jose Altuve and Mookie Betts and various portly men, uh, some of whom's, you know, cake shelf may have been sat Snugly on a yellow line, uh, so yeah, it was a bit of a funny morning, really, in terms of uh, keeping up with that. So, um, for those of you who've been living under a stone for the last twenty-four hours, Jose Altuve hit a home run in last night's game, and it was called not a home run by Joe West. Let's let's just be clear about that. That. In the spirit, in the letter of the law, 601E, which until this morning I did not know anything about, that was a home run. Uh, the ball was over the fence uh, and it hit a man on the hand and it bounced back in. That That's a home run. Depending on your angle and depending on your view, uh, Joe West uh, made a call that the fan interfered with Mookie Betts. That also is true. He punched his glove shut. <clears throat> he did. He just did. Uh Somebody has been trying to argue in our Twitter feed that he didn't, uh, that the best outfielder in Major League Baseball, like one of the best players in Major League Baseball for the last 25 years, just closed his glove inexplicably, did not catch the ball. Like, like, take your own view, but take your orange tinted spectacles off. So here are, some, here are some factual things. Jose Altuve, in the latter of the law, hit home run. Mookie Betts had his glove punched shot. Where you fall in the middle... It's kind of up to you. And it very much seems from what I've been following today that it depends on, you know, your, your, your credos, your ethos and view of baseball, but also very much, it depends on, on which team you support. So here's, here's my take, which I, I hope I've been fairly consistent with, which is one in the letter and black letter of the law. That's a home run Two, like, who cares? Because actually, like, who wants to see a game decided by some fat idiots sticking their hand in the way? And why could they not just have kept their hands out of the way? Like, really? Honestly, it's it's not hard. And more's the case. Why have the Astros got those seats right on top of the game where it basically asks you to stick your hand in play? Like, look, it's six inches either way. It's, and it doesn't matter. It's going to look. It's going to look like a home run forward slash not home run, depending on your personal view, regardless of where you're sat. What the hell are the Astros doing? Sitting people right on top of the the play. That's another thing that I can't get my head out of. Jeff Sullivan's done a really good article on this uh, this afternoon, and and Russell Easom, our our good friend Russell, has, has tweeted it uh, out, and we'll share it later on. But he 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 and I are basically in the same place. It's like yes the black letter law says this, but surely the intended spirit is that like fat idiot in a Reagan hat isn't getting in the way of the best outfielder in baseball. I mean, come on. Look, if I were an Astros fan, I kind of understand their grievance, but like, really, is that how you want to win the game? Like be better. Also, whilst you're at it, stop fucking filming people. you fucking cheating twats. (laughs) Right. Like, like, let's come on to that in a bit. I mean, like, You won the World Series last year. Just stop the fucking victim act, you. It's just completely unnecessary. Be better. Stop (laughs) letting Jackie Bradley hit home runs off you. Like, literally a player that only I like in the world, and his (laughs) mum. Hit some home runs off the worst bullpen in baseball. Joe West. I mean, I thought Joe West, but like it, it was, it was a marginal call, and it was going to get upheld unless there was incontrovertible proof, which there would have been if that idiot in the security jacket wasn't in the way. Blame him, don't blame Joe West. Right. I, what was the over and under on swears? I, I think, think I'm, I'm under <laughs> it, and I wasn't even trying. I think it was eight and a half. Um... Did was anyone logging that? I think it was about six. I,
1: I didn't log it. I wish I had. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Ah, <laughs> <over> <laughs> <in>. <laughs> Well, now we're, we're going to have a controversial situation because when did the rant truly finish? Yeah.
2: That, now we're going to have to video replay this, aren't we? Yeah. yeah ben ben Carter reason. is
1: in the booth and he's going to video replay this. And Ben you, Carter's well.
0: got a Reagan hat on, for fuck's sake. Ben, Car- ben Carter said it was a. he thought it was a home run. It wasn't finance interference. I said it was a home run, but I also think the law's... Bloody stupid is my point, which see people seem to see maybe aren't being a Red Sox homer. It would have been a home run if it had been the other way around. Like I'm I'm supporting you, Astros fans. (sighs) Not not about the filming, not that, and I'm not supporting you about that. It was the
2: first inning though. And I think um, AJ Hinch did say, you know, we didn't do enough in the rest of the game, as you've just said as well. So it's not as if like the Astros are feeling aggrieved by this.
1: Well, AJ yeah, Hinch said something similar as well. You know, I've seen plenty of Astros people say we had opportunities. They made a lot of mistakes and left a lot of guys on base. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it was a shame. But I think ideally what we wanted to see was just Mookie Betts get an opportunity to make the play. And if he gets that, I think he probably catches it. And if he doesn't catch it, there's no guarantee it's a home run. It may well just scarf his glove for a double. So I feel like sort of the starting point being we would have had a home run is is not really a fair assessment of the situation yeah exactly i mean that, that
0: that's kind of my point it's like you yeah there's so many unknowns for you because of course yeah the, the best outfielder in baseball could have dropped that would he have dropped it no but so your, your point is exactly right
2: i love it it's just definite for you he's not going to drop it <laughs>
0: well of course start. he's not going to drop
2: it also
1: mike never drops
0: anything hi. <laughs> Mount mike trout says hi i'm talking purely in terms of fielding ability oh
1: well um, in that case, not, Kevin <laughs> I'll give arguably, you the outfielder in
0: though. arguably the best outfielder yeah okay fine uh, <laughs> Jackie and, Bradley yeah, is <laughs> and
2: yeah you don't want to you don't want to win the game by a, a shonky home run in the first do you, you want to win by a pass ball like all the best teams <laughs> he's, he's having a great series
0: <laughs> he's batting, batting runs in all over the place that <laughs> he's been a bigger contributor than jd martinez
2: it's it's weird, isn't it? I think, um, well, you get it with all these series, don't you, in the postseason, where as Darius said in the last episode, like you always get that one unsung hero that just sprouts up. And as I said to you, um, today, I, I kind of wish you'd done that preview part because you definitely would have picked JBJ <laughs> <laughs> and you'd yeah, look like oh, such a pick. hero now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh man, he's been so good, hasn't he? That's t- that's uh, you know. Two game winning essentially home runs and a, and a and a game winning double. The great man, yeah. We haven't even seen him flash the leather yet. He's gonna maybe he's gonna get a controversial catch. You know, R.I.P. Tal's Hill. you were there <laughs> I'd have fallen up it and broken my ankle. You know that that had got us back for yesterday, wouldn't it? Hey, never mind, Joe West. We've got a hill out there, like bloody.
2: Sans Frontier or something. How how mad is it that like Tals Hill was there just what two seasons ago? Like there was a there was a hill on a major how league How mad is it that Liverpool. Tals
0: Hill was there? Yeah,
2: exactly. Just Like you imagine if you're talking about football and you went, "Oh, there's a hill in the corner of um, Ellen Road." You go, "What?" Yeah, there's, there's a hill there. When you're taking corners, you're a little bit higher, so you want a corner on the left-hand side. What's well, old, oh, okay. isn't it?
0: lords mate, but like it, it, they put it there and that's yeah. the other thing about that it's the other thing that people have written today like this stadium is kind of rinky dink and weird by design like the reason that we're having this is because they've designed their stadium to be quote unquote quirky which puts the fans right on top of someone trying to jump upwards it's just pff. anyway
1: I astros mean, to, uh, to... As my, my balance to the show i will point out that the red sox have the weirdest ballpark feature of any of the thirty teams. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which bit? The triangle? The um, low?
1: I was referring to the
2: giant
0: monster. I thought you were actually talking about that little pipe that JBJ's double rolled along the other day. That was a that was a really nice feature. It was like he was playing mousetrap. <laughs> That's been the highlight of the series for me so far. Just where it's really, see Marvin Gonzalez like. How do I stop that? <laughs> like, <laughs> when will it drop? And then AJ Hinch came. Out, I was like, I uh, can you just check that that was not a grand real double. No, mate, <laughs> it's just weird.
2: <laughs> Fair call. But that I mean, that's I mean, Fenway's always been weird. Whereas, like you say, Minute Maid's been built to be weird.
0: Yeah, quite. Yeah. Anyway, that's kind of beside the point. The point is just that hey, uh, Joe West made a judgment call, and that's what he's paid for sure by the letter of the law it was marginally incorrect by the spirit of the law it probably wasn't and can we just sort of bury that debate right there and move on to talking about two awesome catches one of which will be remembered i hope and one of which won't josh reddick i mean let's forget let's not forget that josh reddick amazing catch robbing what would have been a, a two two rbi scoring single and we wouldn't probably be having this ridiculous conversation so it's your fault josh reddick anyone want
1: to come back on that not being (laughs) so good (laughs) i thought exactly the same thing watching it back because nobody was talking about reddick and i was like hang on a minute (laughs) they were about a couple of inches away from this just game being completely over at the top of the ninth and literally nobody mentioned it in any of the sort of tweets or recaps that i kind of read looked over this morning and then i was like oh josh reddick just made basically the same catch as Benintendi did to save the game.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And then, yeah, Benintendi, I'm, I'm pleased to see that that has been, because, you know, the first few tweets this morning at whatever ridiculous time it was, like 20 past six, well, everyone's going to forget that Benintendi made that catch. Well, so far they haven't. Uh, I, I do feel that, that if, if the Red Sox do go on to advance, which, you know, they're in they're a in good position to do so, people remember the Benintendi catch far more than whatever the hell that was. That's just uh, tomorrow's chip paper, I hope. What isn't tomorrow's chip paper is Craig
1: Kimbrell, which is just... Well, th- wow. this is actually what my question is about. So should I ask you guys my question? Go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wanted, I wanted to get live completely honest reactions. So uh, neither John nor Tom know what I'm about to say. So let's assume that uh, it's game seven of the World Series, or, or if you want the ALCS, if you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself. And the Red Sox are you know, going into the bottom of the ninth or top of the ninth with a one-run lead. Uh, are you actually able to watch the game if Craig Kimball comes up to the mound? Can you do it, or do you just have to walk away and, and stop watching? Tom, I'm going to let you go first on that. <laughs> um, I,
2: I really don't like watching anything on TV that's like, Surgical or blood or guts or anything like that. I'm the sort of person, and anything where like you know, kids are hurt, like uh, what's it called, twenty four hours in a and e, where there's like kids hurt and stuff like that, it just breaks my heart completely. So I have to walk out the room. However, when it comes to Kimball pitching, I have to stare at it. I can't look away, and I just have to watch it. Like this morning, I woke up at five o'clock, and I didn't need to be awake. But again, like John, I looked at my phone and gone, ooh. The Red Sox are leading and they're going into the seventh inning. This could be interesting. Um, And as soon as Kimball came out, I thought, well, maybe I could get to sleep. And then as soon as I think he walked the first hitter, didn't he? And I was like, I need to stick with this. I have to stick with it. And I should have been going back to sleep. But yeah, I think I think I'm going to watch it. I've got to because the, the, the lows are incredibly low, but the highs are incredibly high when it's all over.
0: So, yes, you would. That's a long way of saying yes, you would. So I was... (laughs) <laughs> um so i think i answered it like i said i decided to have a shower rather than watch it <laughs>
1: well yeah I, I wanted to ask the question free there's no work pressures you don't have to think about getting to work Your, your no. choice is simply you have you can stay and watch or you can walk out of the room and i don't know read some stendhal or something <laughs> <laughs> well look ew.
0: oh no it's gone my mic's gone again it does like I say it's back now uh Yeah, Um, when I was composing my rants, I was and I was nearly talking about legal positivism, which is which is the doctrine within legal (laughs) jurisprudence that you can only uh, take what it says in the law, not imply any other context or morals, which is what they should be doing in this situation. So that was my that was my uh, swedish intellectual. Uh, uh, part for this. Tom's just looking at me, completely dumbfounded. Why, why, what you, why
2: would you make our listeners Google things while they're trying to listen to the show? That's just ridiculous. Um,
0: um, it's an educational. It's an educational show, mate. um So yeah, there you go, people. HLA Hart, legal positivism. Actually, with, within Hart's version of positivism, you <laughs> oh, could oh, potentially shut up. <laughs> shut up. Anyway, fine. Enough. The point is, the, uh, that's beside the point for Darius's question. No, I would not watch it. Absolutely, one hundred percent not. I can barely watch. I could barely watch Craig Kimbrell last year when it was an automatic save. Literally couldn't because, like, it's not like Koji.
2: Oh, I like it how you got onto Koji and straight away you might broke. <laughs> oh, Some,
0: yeah. Koji, just, just too much. He knew it. it was an automatic win with Koji every single time, even when he was like at the bottom of his game. You, you were gonna win with Kimbrell, because of that first year. I couldn't even forgive him that last year. And this year, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Did it? Did you see that um, quote that he gave? I don't know who had asked him the question. Said, so "What, what, what do you think you're missing, Craig? What's miss? What, what, what are you missing?" And his response was the plate, which was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That was so it. Good. I absolutely love it.
2: Things like that. I, I'm guessing. Because you, you didn't watch it then, John. So um you had David Price essentially warming up from the start of the I, eighth.
0: Yeah, I knew what was happening. I
2: just wasn't watching it. Yeah, you know. just, to, just to make everyone aware then who's listening, David Price was warming up from the start of the eighth and everyone was going, oh, it'll be this next batter. It'll be this next batter. Oh, okay, Kimball's got to the eighth. Well, Price must be coming out for the ninth. Price didn't come out for the ninth. The first guy got onto base. Second guy gets onto base. And Cora went out to go and speak to Kimball. And my first thoughts were, Surely you aren't bringing out price now. This is mental. With you know, you, you're almost committed now. You, you're just going to go for it and bring out price, not cold, but you're bringing him straight into the game. He's got to get the final out. And there were two outs at this point as well. But he left Kimberlin. in. And then as soon as the bases are loaded and Bregman comes up, I thought, and then he got price to stand up again and start warming up. It's like, really? You're going to bring price in now at this point where Bregman is walking up to the plate. This is mental. It was, um, yeah, it was pretty weird to watch at the time,
0: but I just yeah. couldn't, the I other, didn't look away. The other thing that I couldn't get my head around when I, when I, you know, I looked at the stats and I, I read the re- reports was Matt Barnes, one out, five pitches. <laughs> and he's been like the Red Sox best release. I know we've had Matt Barnes a lot, right? But this Matt Barnes seems to be the good Matt Barnes that we had at the sort of the middle portion of this season. One out, five pitches. And then we've got Kimbrell, <laughs> six outs. Oh, God, like big Kenley toiling in game seven last year. <laughs>
2: oh, to be fair, though, at least Matt Barnes managed to get the out, unlike um, oh, did. another That's pitcher. Who... Why didn't he
0: leave Matt Barnes in? I don't understand it. Why did Matt Barnes one out? I was making an
2: amazing segue there, and you totally just interrupted me.
0: Sorry, go on.
2: <laughs> I said at least he managed to make the out, unlike another pitcher who only faced one batter and then was pulled from the game. Oh,
0: yeah. The travails of Eduardo Rodriguez, I think, are a topic for a whole other day.
1: Oh, I was, I was talking you about really Wade Miley, Miley about but that's fine. Rant, rant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were talking about Wade Miley, not
1: Eduardo Rodriguez. <laughs> I, I love that you ruined that segue twice, John. That, that was superb. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that was such a, I've never achieved a segue on this podcast. I was so happy
0: with that. And you've sported twice. <laughs> oh well, uh, I aim, I aim to please. So yeah, it was a, it was a wild one. And then the Red Sox, who apparently are like the worst 108 win team ever, are quite good. When, when are they going to play some real competition? Isn't that well, what people the, have been asking all year? They, they the keep winning. Thing, the thing is, like the preview, you gave me a bit of ribbon
2: um, on Twitter about the fact that I've been quite doom and gloom about it all. Um, And then gave me a bit of ribbon in private as well. But then I said to you, like, do you think the Red Sox stand a chance? You went, I I don't think they'll win. And I think that was the general consensus. Like everyone was, I mean, there was obviously a few fanboys who were like, yeah, we've got this, it's nailed. But I think the real sort of, if you're honest with yourself, you go, I don't think they're going to win this series. We didn't really have a a plan or a a path. And now it's like David Price might take the Red Sox to the World Series, which is crazy.
1: I really want that to happen. um, as, as well, you sounded like you know a proper, desperate doom and gloom merchant when you said, I'm hoping for a pass ball, basically, <laughs> last week, Tom. But I, the, the underlying point, I think, was less depressing, which is that surprising things happen in the playoffs, like Jackie Bradley suddenly deciding to hit out of his mind for a few games. Um, and so I, I think that that's proven to be something that we've forgotten. You know, the Astros are great. I think they probably are a better team than the Red Sox, but over seven games, that doesn't actually matter very much. It's it's wild,
0: isn't it? You know, like I was sort of making the point there, like the, the worst 108-game eight eight winning team ever. But this team is not that team. You know, th- this team, the best hitter in baseball, arguably, J.D. Martinez, can only hit singles. One of the best pitchers in baseball, can't throw very fast and now has diarrhoea. Uh, the best closer in baseball, arguably... Like, look, looks like he's Eric Bristow on bullseye after fifteen points. It's wild, and they're still winning. Like, An it's u- bizarre.
2: And ugly. The best right fielder in baseball can't make catches anymore.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Alex Bregman has been incredible. <laughs> like, yeah. fielding everything. He's getting three hits a game. But the rest of his team's just vanished. Apart from Verlander, he wasn't even that good. But you know, he was good enough. Weird. Baseball is a weird sport, everyone. That should be the catchphrase of baseball. This is a weird sport.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Don't get into it. It'll
0: break your heart. Here's my segue, which I'm not going to let you ruin. Something else weird happened last night, Tom, (laughs) didn't it? (laughs) Uh,
2: The wizard entered my eldest daughter's dreams. What what was it?
0: Did the wizard look like Jill West or did it look like Wade Miley? (laughs) (laughs) is that your segue to wade miley was the wizard milking a cow
2: (laughs) (laughs) i am i happened to actually search my name and wade miley on twitter the other day and oh my god i've posted that picture quite a few times
0: (laughs) how many i think
2: there must have been about 50 counts of it at least (laughs) 50 (laughs) yeah i think so
1: i did think you'd done it a lot but i would not have guessed 50
2: I, I seem to just throw it in at any occasion. One of my favorite ones is somebody who put, um, uh, post, what was it? One of those ones where it's like, uh, reply with your greatest sports photo of all time. And like you've got <laughs> Muhammad Ali stood over, was it Joe Frazo's on the canvas? And, and then you've got, um, I don't know, let's say Michael Schumacher winning a title or, um, Bobby Moore scoring for England. And then I posted Wade Miley milking a cow.
0: It, it I mean, I reply. think, I think it is true by, by the way, um, uh, Craig Kimbrell has been nominated for AL Reliever of the Year alongside Edwin <laughs> Gas and Blake Trinan. Uh, talk about a day to put that press release out. He's <laughs> the best amongst that triumvirate, but nevertheless. I uh, <laughs> uh, wonder if he'll win. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry. Yeah, so Wade, Wade Miley. I mean, I think you were quite within your rights to put that picture there for um, the greatest sports photograph of all time because... I still cannot believe it happened. Like, I can't believe it happened. Like, I can believe... No, you've
2: gone again. No, you've gone again, Michael. You've gone again.
0: I've gone again. I'm back, Michael. No, I can't believe the cow happened more than I can't believe what happened last night. Uh, so, yeah, let's should we forget the cow and talk about last night
2: instead? Yeah, let's. So, Wade Miley was brought into the game, faced the batter, and left after he walked him. Um, which was weird, and there was a lot of concerns about injury, etc., and why has he been pulled? And and then it turned out Ken Rosenthal just dropping a Rosenthal bomb um, said that this was the plan all along. They were going to let him face one batter and then leave. Which, if you've ever listened to Effectively Wild, which is a very popular baseball podcast, they've spoken about this plan for quite a long time, saying if you put a batter, a starter up there. The opposition sets a lineup to try and combat that starting pitcher, and then just pull him after one batter and bring somebody else in straight away who's warmed up, um, and that's essentially what the Brewers did. It didn't quite get a plan, but it still outfoxed the Dodgers a little bit in one game.
0: Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was our our old friend Toby Bellringer, wasn't it? He was the he uh, was the batter who was due to get out as the as the loogie, uh, and and failed to do so. So, yeah, a bit weird and wonderful. The Brewers, um, they've kind of cratered at the worst possible time, haven't they? They're just... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car
0: before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They scuffled. They should have won. They should be three by now. They should have won all four games. Like they've The Dodgers are just not a very good... Side Like the Brewers actually, regardless of their stinky pitching, are actually a better team. They just haven't been Mm. able to do the thing two games in a row. So that one looks like it's going to go. And and I kind of get it from Council's point of view. You know, Kershaw's Kershaw's just a loss, isn't it? You know, well, he wasn't in the first game, but still. Mm. Interesting. We're going to talk about something else in that series, aren't we?
1: Not a bad idea to assume that you're going to lose to Kershaw and try something interesting uh The thing that um interested me that was that Bellinger was hitting lead off, which suggests to me that Dave Roberts might have seen this coming or someone in the Dodgers front office may have thought that because Bellinger hasn't been very good against lefties, and so I think the last thing you want to do uh, is put him lead off against a guy if you think Miley's going to go five six innings. <laughs> I think they probably wouldn't have done that unless they had a a sneaking suspicion that the Brewers might be going to try something here. Uh, Then he got walked anyway, so it didn't matter. And and Woodruff actually pitched pretty well for most of the game. So (laughs) I think it kind of worked, but maybe the Dodgers were not quite as blindsided by it as the Brewers would have hoped. That's interesting. So I didn't actually look at... I was so
0: wrapped up in what the hell was going on last night, uh, this morning, sorry, that I missed out. Woodruff's line, 5.1. Yeah, he pitched pretty well. Only three runs. That's yeah, they kind
1: of they kind of got to them later in the game when it was you know he was tiring a bit and then the bullpen couldn't hold them off. So it wasn't it wasn't the flaw with Woodruff really. It was it was just uh, later on the Dodgers eventually got it together.
2: And, I think mean, was the, it was it a fairly obvious plan though? In the fact that I know Miley's pitch well and I've got a huge amount of love for Wade Miley, but it's not like you're trying to rush your ace back. It's not like you're trying to get Chris Sale back in the lineup, is it? It's it's. It was was it that obvious because he was pitching on short rest and he never pitched on short rest according to tweets that I've seen before the game. So maybe the Dodgers knew and maybe everyone knew, but we're just keeping it quiet.
1: I wonder as well what it was like being, because I think Woodruff was up, you know, at the start of the game, obviously. and, And presumably he would have had to make some preparations before the game. So I don't know whether anything there would have tipped the dodges off as well. I, I mean, the lineup card has to be in before that, I guess. So maybe that didn't make any difference. But um, I'm guessing, you know, the, the confusion in the uh, the broadcast booth and in the stadium seems a bit unwarranted, given that it must have seemed pretty clear, you know, pretty funny that there was a reliever up before Miley was even making his first pitch. I think.
0: Mm. Uh, talking of Kershaw, briefly and in passing, uh, another seven plus inning appearance, one run in the playoffs. Are people ever gonna stop going on about him being bad in the playoffs? Ever? Or because because he's he's not. He's just a baseball pitcher.
1: I think if he ends up winning the World Series for the Dodgers, then people might shut up. I mean Madison Bumgarner basically had two of the best postseason series ever and that's kind of it. And people talk about him like he's the best postseason pitcher of all time. So I think these are the kind of things that sway narratives. And, you know, if he pitched a shutout in the World Series, uh, then people would probably change their minds. But everyone's kind of waiting for him to have the next bad postseason start the way the narrative currently is. And if the Dodgers don't win the World Series again, I don't think it's going to change that much.
0: And that's it. Like, he wasn't even bad in game one. Like, he was fine. Yeah, Brandon Woodruff hit home run off him, but he wasn't awful. So, again, that was just another... Thing for people to hang their narrative off. It's yeah. And by the way, Madison Bumgarner is not the greatest uh, uh, starter in postseason history. It's it's Derek Lowe uh, for the same reason. Do <laughs> um, <laughs> you remember when Derek Lowe was really good for like four games? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand four World Series. Um, yeah. What about you, Tom? Do you think it's time that people shut up about Kershaw? I think that will they will they. Like you said, uh, like
2: Darius made mention of the fact that. Unless he wins, wins a ring, people aren't going to be that interested. Well, I say people. Some people aren't going to be that interested. And you're only going to remember the bad performances. You're not going to remember the good ones. I mean, he had nine strikeouts last night. That's pretty impressive mm. in the postseason. And as we've seen in recent games, starters aren't really going that long in the postseason. So for him to go seven innings and get nine strikeouts, well, it's pretty incredible. Um, just to give a bit of respite to that bullpen. Uh, I don't know. Maybe once David Price wins a game in the postseason, then um, people will shut up about Kershaw as well
0: still yet to happen um, he, they're, they're a, the team has won a game that he started which is a step in the right direction maybe God I'd just love it if that happened tomorrow I really want him to get can, his first place. Can you winter.
2: imagine if he pitches rock. Verlander it'll be amazing
0: Yeah it will be <laughs> Never mind. Uh, never mind. What am I even talking about? God, I've completely gone off the end here, guys. You, know, you <laughs> thought I was going to see a, one form of breakdown and you've got a completely different one. I was going to ask about another person who's playing for the Dodgers in this series, uh, who, is, uh, who, who Christian Jelic is going to add to the swear count, um, left reporters with the epithet. Fuck that motherfucker! And does anyone want to disagree with that take about Manny Machado?
2: What is what is going on with him? What was his uh, What was his quote about not hustling? He say, "I don't want to be I don't want to be some Johnny Hustle or whatever it was." Machado, yeah, he was on about not hustling for a a, a, a grounder that went to short, basically. Um, and he, I think he got overth- Did he overthrown or he bounced? And essentially, he could have could have been safe, but just porked it because he wasn't hustling.
1: Yeah, I'll see if I can find it for you.
2: But he essentially said, oh, I'm not really that type of player. I'm not really a Johnny Hustle type of guy. It's like, really? And then the next game he goes and boots Aguilar on the the, the calf as he's going into first base. Um, I mean, fair play to Aguilar. I don't really blame him for just standing there for ages, waiting with the ball, just to basically say, F you Machado. Um, but yeah, then running past and kicking him in the calf. And then the bench is clear. And it was like, come on, give it a rest. I don't think it's uh, it warrants that. But once again, Machado being dirty.
0: It's just so It's just so pathetic, isn't it? It's just so teenage doing yeah. that. Why Why are you doing that? What, like the whole thing with Pedroia and Matt Barnes throwing at him, and he behaved like a complete child about it. And he had spiked me, I broke, he wrecked Dustin Pedroia's knee. Like he is literally the reason that Dustin Pedroia hasn't played baseball this year. And then he played the victim with it. Like at least he has. I mean, he's going to get drilled next year. You're not going to drill someone in the middle of the NLD, NLCS, but you will get drilled by the Brewers next year, and it'll be every, you know, be everybody's fault but his own. I mean, I'm not one for head hunting. We've had this conversation more times than I wish to count. But actually, I'd like to make the exception in relation to him. Like throw it at his head. He's an absolute prick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you meant to say that, John. Is that what? Throw it at his head.
1: I did. We thought there were going to be legal repercussions from this podcast, but I I thought it was going to be because of a different player. Um, I found the the quote. He said, obviously, I'm not going to change. I'm not the type of player that's going to be Johnny Hustle and run down the line and slide to first base. And you know, whatever can happen. That's just not my personality. That's not my cup of tea. That's not who I am.
2: Not not asking if you slide to first base, just run to first base, which you didn't do. You jogged. Oh, hold on. Youngest is, youngest is screaming. I'm going to have to go. We're Later back on, in a bit. it sounds back like in a he
1: realises, he says, you know, it's my fault. It's just my mentality when I'm in the game. Um, I've tried changing it for eight years and I still can't figure it out. But one of these days I will. So it sounds like he knows that like he should be hustling. But when he's playing the game, it, like his brain won't let him or something. I don't know.
0: Well, that's just ridiculous. I mean, that, that just makes him like unlike every other baseball player in the world ever. I mean, what is he trying to... Pr- oh, I can't be Johnny Hustle. I mean, it's not like David Ortiz where his ankles basically don't allow him to run. It's crazy. And how can you be, I'm not Johnny Hustle on the one hand. And then on the other hand, you're, you know, deliberately leaving a little sly kicking on Aguilar and, you know, sliding studs up on Dustin Pedroia. You're either one or you're the other, mate. You know, you can't can't just change your personality to to suit whatever meets the occasion. Did you have any thoughts on it? I mean, I just—is it—is it just—it's just is its is it just its just a it's just a bit of a
1: petty baby, really. Yeah, I think it—it it seems like I've certainly played sport with guys who just become completely different people when they're on the field, mm. and like when they look back afterwards, they're kind of like, "What was I doing out there?" But it seems like they get in the zone and they just have this mentality about the game but it's a weird combo of like he seems to sort of yeah get in these incidents that like you might some people might attribute to oh he's just playing with passion and you know he's he's really kind of in the zone and he's not thinking about what he's doing and then also like just jogging down the line like he doesn't care it it seems like a very strange combination um and yeah he he doesn't really seem to his quotes are all over the place here he said i look back at the video and i'm like whoa what was i doing like this is a pretty strange interview
0: yeah um i've not i've not read all of it and i've not seen all of it but yeah so he he, he did express a, a degree of remorse about about doing that then
1: this is just about the the hustle play specifically um but presumably, presumably he's also if he watches himself with these later incidents but perhaps he's feeling the same thing because he kind of seems surprised about how he looks on the video doing it and so I'm guessing that maybe he's not that aware of, of what he's doing and, and how it looks to people watching him.
0: Yeah. Yeah, perhaps. But, you know, he's you know, endangering his fellow player. It's just just kind of the one thing that you, you don't yeah, you do. You feel yeah.
1: like you would know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess. Oh, anyway. Um, so enough about Manny Machado. Enough about Joe West. Uh, is there anything? Is there anything positive happening in baseball this week apart from the reemergence from his cocoon of Jackie Bradley Jr.? It feels like it feels like a pretty downtrodden podcast to be having in the middle of, uh, of two championship series, which have been pretty compelling. Do you want to try and talk us uh, talk us back from the figurative ledge?
1: Well, I mean, I think they've been two really good series so far, and it's it's unfortunate, obviously, that the Red Sox Astros had this controversial play and that Machado has been kind of getting all the headlines for these uh, dirty plays as well but overall they've been very competitive series we haven't really had much in the way of just blowout games or, or dull contests mm. and I think we really needed this after the divisional series which aside from a, a couple of games really were were pretty bland um, I think it's kind of ignited the playoffs and we'd like it ideally to be without the kind of controversy that we've seen so far. But I think even if you can kind of take away the the home run issue last night, that was just an incredible game that we had and it's been a really good series so far. So, yeah, I think there are lots of reasons to be positive. You know, this has been the kind of playoff baseball that that we saw for pretty much the whole postseason last year. Um, And it's nice to see that they're actually, they seem to be all fairly evenly matched teams and we've kind of got contests. I think the Braves and the Rockies uh, in particular didn't really look ready to be where they were and uh that that kind of left us with some a bit of a disappointed taste in our mouths i guess
0: yeah the rockies just sort of uh you yeah, they deflated didn't they maybe they should have signed some hitters after
1: all <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure ben doesn't want to hear us rehash this but yeah everybody was saying all season this is pretty historically bad rockies offense and there's only so much the pitching could do and they scored what was it two runs in three games you're not going to beat anybody doing that so yeah it was it was disappointing for it to be such a damp squib but uh, I'm glad that we've had these competitive series and I think you're always going to get controversial plays in the playoffs that are made more controversial because everybody's watching it uh you just get that focus and I think we would you know if this was a regular season we would not be talking about this uh, even a a tenth of the amount that we are now So it unfortunately gets amplified, but I'm sure there are going to be good games that are just good games that don't have any massively controversial incidents.
0: Yeah, by the way, I was looking at my phone there because something just just caught my eye and it was that uh, Dayton Moore has, I regret to inform you, been at it again, (laughs) re-keimlich. So we'll just uh, let you go away and do your own research on that one, just... Goodness me and in the, in the middle of me asking you has anything positive happened in baseball this week and uh, and'm uh, I'm, I'm there listening to you intently while thinking oh no um anyway uh, so yeah it's been it's been a it's been, a, it's been a, a good couple of series I think I, I totally agree with you that it has been completely competitive and regardless of the faults in fact maybe some of the faults of the of the teams that have been taking part are what have made it so compelling I think you know the fact that the Red Sox could just buckle at any moment the fact that the, this is a, a sort of low key slightly under par our dodgers team quite aside from the one they had last year but then they've had really good pitching uh the brewers like what are they doing like what what is this pitching unit like who even knows like you know you've only got one josh hader and you can only use him once every other day because he can only he can't pitch on consecutive days so yeah it's been nothing like any Playoffs that I can remember, certainly, not, certainly a championship series have, have not really reminded me of anything because even when the Indians were having their World Series run with, you know, with, uh, with Miller and with, uh, um, uh, what's he called, the closer, um, Cody, with Cody Allen.
1: Allen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was just one team doing one thing that was different that everyone was talking about. Everyone's ignoring the fact the Cubs are absolutely brilliant. This year, something weird and wacky about all the teams even the Astros I think you know they've been bullpenning quite strongly you've got someone like Tony Kemp out there making a massive contribution which for someone like that tall is is really impressive so yeah it's been it's been a good couple of series so what what's your um as as the impartial observer maybe maybe you're the best place to to say how you think these are going to go so we've got as it stands, well, you're not impartial because you don't like the Dodgers, but let's just plus that to one side. So let's so start with the NLDS, 3-2. Do you think do you think the Brewers have got it in them to to hold back those two games at home?
1: Uh, I took the Dodgers at the start, and I think I'm still going to take them. Uh, I saw earlier that this is the first time I think the Dodgers have failed to hit a home run in three consecutive games now. Uh, that only happened twice all year, and, and the first time was the first series of the season, I think, in San Francisco. Uh, so I, I'm not expecting their bats to stay this quiet uh, over the the weekend in Milwaukee. Um, I think that, as, as well as the Brewers starters have done, um, I think this is, this is a little bit of a step too far for them, and I think the Dodgers' lineup is pretty damn good in almost every spot, and, and they've got the pieces to mix and match and counteract that uh, bullpen as well, so I, th- I think I'll still stick with them. Uh, I think they've obviously got the, the starting edge as well. Uh, and now, just winning one out of two, it, it's the sensible choice. So, I'm going to go with Los Angeles. As much as it pains me to say it, <laughs>
0: do you know who's going to get those starts? Is it going to be? I assume it's going to be Bueller and uh, Hyunjin Ryu. Uh, if, if previous, um, uh, I think
1: they've announced Ryu for uh, Friday night. I don't think they've said who's uh, going to to start Game Seven yet. So uh, it has been beautiful but I, I think he's starting to look pretty tired. I think he's 60-plus innings past his workload from last year now, and he's not been quite as good as he was over the second half. So I do wonder whether they would maybe t- turn in a different direction for that.
0: And on the other side, you've got Red Sox, 3-1 up, miraculously, need one more win. Are they going to get it? And if so, where?
1: I think they'll get it. Uh Obviously, we we talked last week about how important Sale is, and it sounds like he's not going to make it back until game six at least, and then we'll see. Uh, It's not the best situation, him not being fully healthy, of course, but uh, I think if he's back on the mound, I'd like them to win that game. So I'll I'll say that Houston will make it a little bit nervy by winning tonight, but then uh, Boston will win at home on Saturday and, and save you from a game seven.
0: Yeah, well, 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 which our ace would be on the mouth for that, Nathan Ivaldi. So you know, it'd be a banker. Um, that guy's been that guy's just pitching himself into a ten-figure contract, isn't he? He's been pretty pretty amazing.
1: Yeah, it's been great to see. I, I kind of liked what Ivaldi did this season, and he's that kind of player who you're like, oh, he throws 101, and why doesn't he strike anybody out? Doesn't really seem to make any sense. So. He finally seems to be putting it together, and he's still only twenty-eight. I feel like he's been around almost as long as I've been watching baseball, but uh yeah, he's, he's not even thirty yet. So hopefully, he's got a few good years under his belt because I really like watching him pitch, and I think there's even more potential in there.
0: He's one of one of my sort of favourite types of pitchers, which is like Max Scherzer does this as, as, as well, where there doesn't seem to be an awful lot of front arm in it, which I just find absolutely remarkable. Because you know, when I think about pitching, I'll, I think as a cricketer bowling so much of your leverage is in the front arm and Ivaldi it just seems to be like a cursory throwaway trigger movement and it's all in his all in the talk in his legs I just think I agree with you I think he's, he's great to watch the other thing I wanted to ask you about Darius and because I made a comment about this on Twitter the other day I don't know if it's just because I've been noticing more because of you know pitching ninja and all that there does seem to be more of these like where the hell have these guys come from relievers this year I know there was a few of them last year that the sort of like flame out guys like Ryan Brazier, obviously on the Red Sox, you know, last year is pitching in the the Japanese minor leagues and, you know, doing a job as a middle reliever for the Hiroshima Carp in the second half of the season. And Dylan Floro, like he's 28 years old. Like, yeah, he was good with the Reds at the start of the season, but, you know, he was, he was like their seventh guy. And now he's coming in and pitching like lights out innings for the Dodgers in a 13 inning thriller is that just that I'm more alive to the fact that those people are out there or is or is that a fun like a genuine phenomenon all of a sudden over the maybe the last couple of
1: seasons uh, I think it's probably genuine and the reason I think it's genuine is because relievers just pitched more innings than they ever have before and the more that uh, teams continue to manage the starters the way they are you know, pulling them before the second time through the order or not even having a starter in the Rays' case most of the season. Uh, That just means more of those innings need to go to relievers. And I think there are more opportunities for the Dylan Flores of the world to pop up out of nowhere. And, you know, you'd be like, oh, this guy's got an amazing slider or something. I think those those innings used to go to starters and and now they don't. There's an extra guy in the bullpen who's pitching those innings. Or maybe it's three extra guys and they're all shuttling back and forth between AAA. Um, But I think, yeah. There are, are more pitches. I think it was uh, 799 uh, pitches made an appearance in the Majors this year, uh, Ben Lindbergh said the other day and Effectively Wild, uh, which is a, a lot of players. So I think, yeah, just, just by sheer law of numbers, uh, some of those guys are going to be 28-year-olds who you've never heard of before, but actually have one pretty good pitch. And a major league team thought, yeah, he can be our seventh guy in the bullpen. And they've been given a shot that they probably wouldn't have been given before.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, they become Luke Trevino or Ryan Brazier or, or Dylan Floro for that matter. So, yeah, I, I guess that's a phenomenon to to keep keep watching out for.
1: In, um, interesting. I, I was going to say, I have got something else um, very good. I think this might be my favourite thing from the playoffs the last few days. I'm going to send you this video okay. now in the old group chat so you can react to this live in classic podcast material. Oh, or, yeah.
0: Um, Am I allowed to click it to open the link? I, I'm not sure if I, I, I'm... Oh. No, it it's gone. You're gonna have to share it again. So that that's that's a great piece of audio okay.
1: there. <laughs> right, I'm actually gonna click it this time. Um, if you if you haven't seen any of last night's. oh um... yeah,
0: I I have seen this. This the yeah. This is so for those of you who haven't seen it. Oh god, I'm gonna have to click cookies and then I'm gonna have to let it load. My oh god. Here we go. But oh, ESPN for the royalty thing is oh. Oh, now it's got an ad roll. Oh, sod off. I don't want three... Oh. See, this is what you do when you try and go multimedia, Darius. You've just given me a flipping ad roll there. I think this has been very entertaining content, personally. But <laughs> because we're not going to get to hear that, that was um, Clayton Kershaw, um, yeah, throwing a, a curveball to Eric Kratz, which you should go away and look at because uh, it is immensely amusing. Uh, he, he. Uh, I mean, I think ESPN say he makes Eric Kratz look silly, but... He does look Eric Kratz looks like he's I, like one of the Keystone Cops or you know, something out of Morecambe and Wise at their finest.
1: I think what my favorite thing about this is, it's a beautiful seventy-three mile per hour curveball, and Eric Kratz does look silly. But the thing I like the most is that he realizes he looks silly like halfway through his swing, <laughs> he just it just gives up on it. Like he sort of does this sort of, uh, kind of imitation swing. Like he just knows that he, he looks so daft that if he takes a full-on swing, it's going to be even worse. So even even he's there, like halfway through this curveball, he's like, "Oh yeah, this guy is much better than me. I'm I'm giving up now."
0: Yeah, um, maybe maybe it was uh, Kershaw using his evil wizard powers. For those of you wondering, we've not had a return from the land of the evil wizard quite yet. We did have a sort of clunk when it looked like we were back for a second there, but our our dear friend looks like he's uh, he's got rather rather larger priorities than uh, than uh, conversing with us two about baseball. Which uh, I think is is probably a good enough reason, if if for no other to, to to maybe wind this conversation up, Darius. Unless you've got anything else burning to get off your chest, any more any more gifts of of uh, wild things that have happened in these playoffs.
1: No, I haven't got anything else uh, prepared in the multimedia department. So um, I think I think that's probably a good time to end. your right
0: absolutely so um we'll, we'll end as always with with parish notices so if you want to follow our sparkling content uh, there's been i hope some relatively amusing stuff over the course of the playoffs if you want to get into an argument about uh legal positivism and legal uh legal non-positivism and legal moralism please please feel free hit us up it's at at flips underscore nerds uh or if you want to do that with me more specifically uh, uh come at me with your john Finnis takes it's at well, you can find it if you like, uh, and if you want pictures of Wade Miley milking a cow, Tom can be found at Pedroya's face. There's also some really lovely pictures of him and uh, and his daughter, who is uh, causing him such strife this evening, thanks to her friend the evil wizard. And Darius, where can uh, people find you, and what is coming uh, down the chute from you uh, in your in your very uh, big pipeline of inbox hot content? <laughs>
1: So you can find me on Twitter at DariusA64. Uh, you can obviously find me over at Baseball Prospectus. Um, the fantasy team kind of shifts to uh, helping out with the, the playoff content uh, over the course of the postseason. So I have been doing game previews. Uh, I, I did the one for game four of the ALCS, and I will be on game seven duty if the Red Sox do not actually close this out in the next two games. So that will be going up on Sunday if, if that game seven exists. And uh, then I'm, I'm sure there'll be some World Series content coming there as well. Uh and you can also find me over at Banish to the Pen uh and of course batflipsandnerds.com. Uh I did forget to mention last week that I did the a prediction review um both of the several prediction systems and, and the predictions we did on the, the preseason pod for those of you who remember that. So that was kind of an interesting look back at the teams that everybody missed on and and the ones that we actually got a little bit right. There were a few we missed by a lot, but uh, I think uh, we didn't do too badly considering and we actually beat uh, a couple of projections as well. So that that went all right. So yeah, go and check all of those out.
0: Oh, Tommy, you're actually back because we were just wrapping up, but um, I've already told people that can find pictures of Wade Miley milking a cow at Pedroia's face. So have you got anything more beyond that?
2: Get the fucking noise down. (laughs) Sleep. (laughs) (laughs) the noise down. (laughs) Uh, no i've got nothing i'm gonna do something about pictures and walks but that's all i'm going to tell you and i'll probably release it after the world series because no one's really interested now
0: okay well uh, that that i that literally is going to keep us going through the winter can't wait uh next week uh we're going to have a special podcast with our Good friend and yours, him off Twitter with Tash, Baseball Brit. Uh, He's going to talk us through his wild adventure, uh, scouting through the American Independent Baseball Leagues, uh, amongst others, for the last three and a half months. Uh, If you've been following us, you've certainly been following him too. Uh, So come back next week for something completely different, which is a conversation with Joey Mellows about uh, how he found that and what's to come next, because this man knows no limits and i understand the the next challenge has already been sketched out so um watch this space and uh we'll see you again in a few days time in the meantime can we just stop with the bloody arguing bye